Welcome to the Empowering the Future of Work podcast from InTech Ideas. The world of work has changed dramatically for companies and their team members. It's almost like someone hit the fast forward button, creating a new normal for work. The challenges we're encountering are endless, but there is a better way. This podcast focuses on tips, tricks, and topics to help you to excel in this new normal. We'd love for you to join us after the show when we host discussions about each topic on LinkedIn and Twitter. Now let's get started. Hi, everyone, and thank you for joining us. This is Skip Marshall with InTech Ideas, and today it's my pleasure to welcome Om Patel from Clearly Agile to the show today. Om, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Now, Om, you've got a, a really fantastic background. And before we really start talking about agility in the future of work, tell us a little bit about your background. Sure. So um, I have had the pleasure of uh, living and working on pretty much every continent except for Antarctica. And um, I'm in no rush to, to visit that place. Um, uh, so I started life in telecommunications and had a bit of a stint in the uh, medical world um, and finally ended up working in publishing, which is where I spent most of my career and seen that uh, industry kind of really, you know, change quite, quite substantially over a period of about 20 years or so. Um, and then lately I am working with um, firms like PwC and EY uh, and companies like Disney to try and get them toward a greater state of agility. That's that's got to be, you know, a, a a big feat for organizations that size to really kind of create that impact change. Now, you've worked with a lot of different organizations. You know, how did you get kind of into agile from a philosophical perspective? What kind of made you transition there? That's a good question. So I actually was a traditional waterfall project manager for many years and felt the pain of some of the, the limitations of that way of working. Um, so I'd always um, incorporated a few elements of what we now know as agile in my way of working. So when I first came across this methodology, I thought, well, that's wonderful because I'm already doing some of it. I just didn't know what it was called. And so I started learning more and more about it. Um, and I started applying more um, practices, more agile practices in my day-to-day -day project management activities. Um, and so, you know, I went from a project manager to an agile project manager in title, but in practice, it was more of a continuum for me. Right. And that, I think that's not all that uncommon for most. I, I know from my own experience, it was, we were constantly trying to find better ways to do things. And I had, I had an aha moment when I read the book Scrum. And, you know, I had, although I had software development teams looking at it to the broader context of how agile could impact entire organizations and different, you know, groups outside of software development was, you know, an eye opener for me. Um, and it made, made a lot of sense. You know, I'm, I'm consider myself to be pretty pragmatic and I'm like this, you know, this makes absolute sense. Now in, you know, the companies that you work with, what's the typical process kind of as they either get started or continue to evolve kind of in the agile world? So although there's no one size fits all, there are certain patterns that are quite distinct. Um, companies that are embracing agility for the first time tend to go in uh, and gravitate toward specific things that they can actually feel as tangible, right? Like, for example, they will look at a tool set um, and they'll say, well, we're, we're now using Jira or we're now using Rally, so we're agile. 
Um, and they, they will set up a, often they'll set up a small greenfield environment and seed that so that it will grow within that small microcosm within the organization. Um, but, you know, they haven't put all of the DNA in place for it to work organization-wide. And over time, they find themselves, you know, slipping down that slope. They climb a little bit, they slip a little bit, they climb a little more, they slip a little more. And so that's where this whole transformation effort takes time. And oftentimes, certain people who um, really aren't bought into it would tend to give up and say, well, it doesn't work here. Or, you know, it doesn't work in our industry or in our, it's not for our company, right? Right. Well, that's what I've seen. Now, you, you made an interesting comment. And we, we see this quite frequently. I know one of the, the things that I tell, you know, my role in my technology roles, one of the things I highlight with my customers is to make sure that they understand technology is an enabler. It's not, it is not the thing. You need to start with the people. You need to start with the processes. As you mentioned, a lot of companies will go say, hey, we want to go agile. They implement a software package and they say, yep, now we're agile. And then they actually use the software just as if it were a waterfall, typical <laughs> one step after the other process. Um, so what, what advice do you give to customers and, and businesses as they really kind of thinking, you know, they, they know they need to change the way they work. How do they get started? So the fundamental question we start with uh, is, you know, agile to what degree, right? Where do they want to get to? Because there's agile ways of working especially if you're talking about producing things like software. Uh, but even in other, other avenues, you can, you can pursue most business activities in an agile manner. But then there is an agile way of being where the entire organization has a singular focus in mind. And at the center of that is the customer. Those are two different ends of the spectrum. So I start with you know, agile to what degree? Right? Let's figure out what you're trying to achieve out of being agile or doing agile as, as most of them say they, they want to do. Um, and once we know that, we can then say, okay, let's set up the environment where we can experiment. Um, but that's just practices and processes. It's more about instilling that mindset, uh, not just on the teams, but also at the leadership level. And that's where most of the challenges I find are because, let's face it, people that are in those leadership positions really didn't get there by working in an agile way, right? Historically, that's not how it was. Um, historically, right. Right. they were sole contributors. They excelled at doing one thing and they were rewarded for it. So lo and behold, they're now in those positions. So they really haven't had that experience. Uh, and that's, that's where I think, you know, it, it becomes challenging. You know, it's the, you kind of hinted at something there is the, you know, when you look at adopting a new methodology or a new philosophy for your organization, you know, many people think that they've got to be, you know, followed by the letter of the law, right? Become, you know, take the dogmatic approach to how they're going to apply something. And I can tell you, I've had more than one, I'll, I'll call them conversations with, um, you know, agile purists or or really pretty much any methodology for business management you can think of, they get very dogmatic about it and they, you know, it's it's got to be exactly that way. But you're you're kind of highlighting that organizations really need to think about what works for them. How do they go down kind of the process of determining what makes sense and what doesn't? So you're absolutely right. There are so many people out there that are doing it by the book. And prime face, I think you have to examine why it wouldn't work for you or why it would work for you, right? If Just because you've seen an example of it working at a, at a company X doesn't mean 
it's going to work in your company because you're not company X, right? You might even be in the same uh, same sector, but you're not that company. Um, every company has its own, you know, we call it an organization, right? It's organic. And so one of the things that I, I always stress upon is, by all means, look at these uh, textbooks as guidelines, but let's develop a process that works for you. And if it doesn't work, fine, let's stop doing what doesn't work and let's do something else, right? So inspect and adapt as a, as a fundamental tenet of Agile, I'm very much a fan of uh, implementing that in practice. All right, so it's really applying Agile thinking to the Agile process, right? And seeing what works and iterating through creating your own process uh, that makes sense. Now, you know, it's when we think about the difference between little a Agile and, you know, capital A Agile, in the future of work, when we look at what's happening, businesses really don't really have any choice other than to run their business in an agile fashion, right? And I'm not talking about just how they run their projects, but really how they manage their business. Um, and I know a lot of folks don't really even think about how they can operate in an agile fashion outside of building a product or developing software, you know, those kind of concrete examples. But you know, running marketing in an agile fashion or running their sales teams agile, you know, what is it, you know, how do you create that path to um, kind of define what makes sense for organizations and where to apply agile, literally agile, how to be an agile organization? What an excellent question. So uh, I wish I had a, a, an absolute answer to that, right? Um, unfortunately, I'm going to hide behind that consultant's answer. <laughs> it depends. Um, so um, you're, you're so right. For a lot of the organizations out there, you know, if they don't change the way they work, it's kind of existential for them, right? Uh, if they don't w change the way they work and wake up to this new way of, of working, they will perish, right? Um, so one of the things that we try and do is try and identify the imperative for change, right? Why do they need to change? Once they know why they need to change, we, we can then delve deeper into those factors that, um, you know, that they need to pursue, right, in order to adopt change. Um, so this will depend on different organizations. It also depend on the, the different kind of the different areas within the organization, as you pointed out, right, um, agile in HR, agile in sales. Fundamentally, when you look at that, what's in common across all of that? It's that agile mindset. It's the way of working. It's certainly not following something by the book or using a specific tool set. Um, so, yeah, I, absolutely. It's a brilliant question. You know, and I, and I often wonder, particularly at the, the pace of change that's going on right now, you know, how organizations cannot adopt just agile processes. Um, you know, it's you think about it just in terms of we're in the middle of a pandemic right now and early on, you know, when organizations were forced to go remote and they had to adapt and change the way of running their businesses. You know, if you had a call center, for example, that was used to being um, in a facility with, you know, eyeballs on people, how do you adapt and change? You know, as we look out to kind of the future as things evolve and obviously kind of stepping outside of the pandemic side of this, but just the rapid pace of change, what are the, the, key things organizations really need to be looking at in terms of determining, you know, what makes sense for them and how best are they going to uh, really apply this in the context of their own businesses? Kind of what, what takeaways or actions should they be thinking about? So I think fundamentally, you know, we're beyond the, the, the kind of challenges that we faced even five years ago where people were struggling over which methodology or which practice, et cetera. 
Now we're at a point where we really need to strengthen that that organization, organizational DNA, um, where we put in the processes in place that allow us to succeed to work in an agile way, right? So here we are talking about you know making sure that the, the HR policies reflect the new way of working, um, in making sure that finance is lined up in a way where they can do very quickly, they can do um, dynamic resource reallocation, for instance, um, you know, budgets that are currently in the annual cycle mode, right? They get broken down into at least like quarterly, for instance, right? Right. So there are, there are these other things, which it's easy to sit here and discuss. It is difficult to implement. And this is where I think the rubber meets the road. The organizations that are doing it are really going after it full tilt. They're not just you know, dabbling in it, right? Um, you can look at large organizations like Microsoft, which it took them 10 years. Well, you can bet the new Microsoft or the next Microsoft isn't going to take 10 years. Uh, we used to do deployments in months or weeks. Now they're doing several a day. So Azure itself is evolving. You know, you, you mentioned something interesting. It's there's there's something structural about the, the way businesses operate that impede their ability to be agile. And you mentioned budgeting as an example. We've all been there. You know, most companies of, of any size run an annual annual budget system, and you get X number of dollars. And you know, some some companies are even use it or lose it, right? So you get X number of dollars, and you know, there's a mad spend at the end of the year trying to finish up your budget because you know what? If you don't spend it, they're going to think you don't need it, and then you get less the next year. Doesn't really kind of fit in the agile world, right? So it's, you know, adapting this, we'll look at all the different ways you could, could change your business to make it more, more uh, agile and more functionally agile. Um, and you kind of highlight going to quarterly budgeting as an example, um, you know, giving, giving people more flexibility in how they spend their money and where they're investing it and, and how they're uh, recognizing uh, the opportunities and being able to adapt as situations change. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see how organizations um, think about that holistically to to impact that. Now, I did have one question because I know you've you've been all over the world. I know you've been lived and worked in the UK and Australia and Israel. I think. Mm -hmm. Do you notice any changes and differences in terms of the way organizations run or kind of view agile philosophically, you know, globally? Yeah, so you, you see pockets, right? Uh, I see pockets of change in, in different parts of the world where people are embracing Agile in a given sector a lot faster than other nations or other sectors, right? So, But there's really nothing out there that says so-and-so is doing it better or this nation is, is leading in that in that way of working. Everybody is exploring this and kind of you know, on that journey together. Um, but yeah, to your point, um, you know, it's... It's really just making sure that there's operational agility and there's strategic agility. And what I mean by that is, you know, operational agility is where the existing business is made better, right, by changing processes up. And, and strategic is where you're generating new products, the right products, finding new customers, again, the right customers that fit your business model and bringing in, the new, you know, bringing in new revenue. So both of those are needed. And in, in achieving those kinds of objectives, you need both a level of dynamicism and you also need a level of stability. A lot of people will say, well, we're agile, we can do anything we want. There's, there are no rules. <laughs> That's certainly not the case. On the contrary, you do have to have certain rules. Otherwise, you end up with chaos. Right. And you, you've kind of touched on this, and this is something that you know I talk frequently about, and that's the culture of an organization. Um, now, 
you talked about each organization developing their own kind of implementation, if you will, of agile, their own, their own flavor, perhaps. How has that affected culturally? And does, you know, does that potentially change the culture or kind of how do you see the relationship? So culture is really a, a product of the people and their processes that, that are in the, in the firm or in the, in the company, right? So where I see differences between like um, businesses, if you will, start differences is leadership don't have an ambivalent sort of commitment where agility is embraced to a greater degree of success. Those leaders are committed. They know exactly what they want to do, and they will commit the effort to do that. Others, on the other hand, are a little bit more on the fence. Um, they see this more of a risk to the to the company, and therefore, you know, they kind of dabble, and that's not going to cut it these days. You really have to go all in. So, you know, it's the old um, casino metaphor, right? Put all your chips in and go for it. Trust the process. Right. Yeah. 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 It's, there are you know, certainly a lot of risk averse cultures that um, you've got that from a corporate perspective, you know, they want more certainty than perhaps being overly agile allows for, um, you know, but they also will miss some of those benefits of being a truly agile organization. Now, do you see a scenario where, you know, looking, you mentioned you started out as a traditional waterfall uh, type project manager. Do you see a world where that those things kind of coexist? I know we talked about it not being all or nothing, but. Yeah, absolutely. So just touching on the initial point you made, right? You said you were a pragmatist. That's that's how I label myself as well. Um, definitely not all projects can be delivered in an agile way. So if you've got a lot of uh, you know certainty up front, you know exactly what needs to be done, you know the requirements, and by all means, you can work in a more of a prescriptive manner. But that said, there is a trend, even in traditionally kind of waterfall-type environments and government, let's say, there's a trend mm -hmm. to, to do more projects in an agile way. So the trend is definitely in that direction, but I do believe that there's room for you know, some kind of a compromise approach, um, at least for the, for now, until people get better at it. Well, and I think that that's, you know, one of the piece of advice we always give is you have to focus on what works for you. And then being being open to change and being willing to try new things is great. But you got to make sure, you know, what works for the organization. Again, going back to the culture comment, you know, it just may not fit based on what you're trying to do. So it's it doesn't hurt to try those. So kind of working through those things. Um, so as we kind of wrap up, what are, you know, what would be your piece of advice for organizations that are just getting started on this journey and really want to understand, you know, how they can bring agility to their organization? They know things are so disrupted right now. They've got to figure out how to actually stabilize their business and continue to grow. You know, what, what piece of advice do you give them as they start on that journey? So the single most um, advice I, I, I can suggest is understand that this is a transformation. You're not just adopting mm -hmm. new ways of working. You're transforming the entire nature, the being of your organization. And, you know, therefore, it's going to take the time it's going to take. Don't rush it, right? Um, and don't, and don't, don't just go after the low-hanging fruit. Because if you do that, you will get something. It will be better than nothing. But right. that's not going to set you up for success down the road. So just know that this is a, a long journey and, you know, to get there, you have to start from from the beginning, but understand where you're going to. 
that's kind of going back full circle to our original point when we started discussing this. When, we, when they say we want to be agile or, or you know, do agile, uh, we say, well, agile to, to what degree, right? Do you just want that in a specific domain like sales or marketing? Do you just want that for, you know, one business unit or one product line? Uh, or do you want that organization-wide? If it's the latter, yeah, take a deep breath, fasten your seatbelt, and hang on because it will take <laughs> Right. No, I think that's great advice. Being being patient about the process is, is important really with anything that you do. Um, and, you know, taking your time and working through it, and, and it is a, a big change, and it's something to benefit from, but you've got to be patient with it for sure. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate the time. Um, this was this was a fun conversation. This is one of the topics that I really enjoy talking about, and I know organizations love hearing from you on this. Um, thanks for joining the show. If you want to connect with him, all of his information is going to be in the podcast notes, so uh, reach out to him there. You'll also have information on, on contacting Clearly Agile if you want to work with them, um, and you can find out their information. But again, Om, thank you so much for the time, and uh, look forward to talking again soon. Well, thanks for having me. It's been amazing. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today on the Empowering the Future of Work podcast. Don't worry if you think you've missed something. We include everything in the show notes. You can also participate in the conversation by heading over to intechideas.com and clicking on the podcast link. You'll find information on each podcast plus links to our social media channels to continue the discussion. Finally, make sure to subscribe to the show and share it with a friend. Until next time.